Hearts are alive. Live once again. <laughs> Today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Joker 2, more of the Snyder Cut, and basically any random thing, and also cover the story of Jim Cornette being fired, well, let go from NWA Wrestling over (laughs) an on-air racist comment. So, let's play the intro, shall we? So, we're going to cover the first story. Get the first story out of the way. Jim Cornette. And his on-air comment. Racist joke. I... I've heard about it. Because it was all over Twitter. And... You know, for me, it's... It it doesn't surprise me. I mean... Jim Cornette is known for saying some... Crazy... (laughs) Shit, like, if you ever heard his podcast, which I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy him telling stories about wrestling. I know usually we, you know, this is a comic book podcast, and usually, you know, wrestling sort of in between the lines of comic book and sports, I guess, I don't know, I don't know how to categorize Wrestling, but anyway, I—I I mean, I watched this good um, documentary series called um, "Dark Side of the Ring," which covers like real dark, true crime stories of wrestling. And I can't wait for the second season. It's on Vice, and I'm not the biggest Vice, you know, watcher. But when I heard about this, I was kind of excited because sorry that was my phone I had to charge it (laughs) I I really enjoy true crime stories and I enjoy stories about you know wrestling and all that (laughs) but um and Jim Cornette of course is a part of like the Montreal Screwjob story I think the Von Erichs uh many other Stories and I really, you know, it, it didn't surprise me because Cornette is better known for saying a lot of not politically correct shit, even though 
you know, he will, you know, he will go off on people and, you know, say, you know, disparaging things. So, Cornette was on the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, not the NWA rap group. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever see Jim Cornette around uh, the NWA rap group, like Dr. Dre and yeah. So, Cornette resigned from the wrestling promotion NWA National Wrestling Alliance after making racist joke, a racist joke, during a singles match between Nick Aldis, the NWA World Champion, and Trevor Murdoch on the NWA Power, the weekly YouTube show. In a statement released on its website Wednesday, NWA has called Jim Cornette's comments both offensive and we do not meet the high standards of decency and good faith with our na- with good faith of the National Wrestling Alliance. <clears throat> to ensure such an error can never happen again, we establish new procedures of the review of all national NWA program programming going forward. The statement goes on to read, We sincerely regret our failure in this regard. Cornette since responded to the res- uh, resignation on his Twitter, urging his fans to tune in to this Friday's The Jim Cornette Experience, his podcast, for his full reaction. He wrote, Monday uh, morning, everybody. Heard any good jokes lately? Cornette tweeted this Coming from Friday's Jim Cornette experience, whenever you can have your favorite podcast, so he's basically telling people to tune in to see what he has to say. Um, you know, I'm one of those people who <laughs> I I don't know how to respond to it. You know, to. So, I don't know how to respond to... I I can't wait to hear what he has to say Friday on this, you know, joke. Um, I guess it is. So, the joke was caused by Cornette's uh, resign involved the wrestlers of... You know, involving a wrestler. A bucket of fried chicken and the African country of Ethiopia. 
Cornette said, uh, this is the joke. Uh, Trevor Murdoch is the only man I have ever known to strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back, ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Cornette said while calling Aldous Murdoch match, Trevor Murdoch can take care of himself. The episode of the NWA Power has since been removed from the company's YouTube channel. Shit, they removed the, they removed the whole episode. Over this joke. Over this joke. They removed the whole show from its YouTube channel. Which, I mean, you really can't blame them because it's a show and it's on YouTube. They will get demonetized. The channel will be demonetized, investigated, and basically will not make any money, I guess, off of the YouTube channel. I guess that's the whole gist of it, is why they removed the episode. I... I I don't know how to... You know... You know, think of... I mean, I watched the NWA. um, Cornette is one of those guys who... Hello... (laughs) Cornette is one of those guys who is very old school. He, he, I mean, it's, it, the irony of it is, <laughs> he makes this joke, but yet people who support, people who lean conservative, he views as racist. It's kind of, it's okay, love. We really start. we just started, we're like, I'm like rambling about this, uh, Guy, Jim Cornette, getting fired over his racist joke on NWA Wrestling. Fried chicken, the African country, Ethiopia. <laughs> as, as, as weird as it sounds, it's... I mean, this is, I think, like the second... I think this is like the... How many how many wrestling promotions he been kicked out of? He he was kicked out of uh, WWE, no, WCW, WWE, uh, TNA. I think twice. I think the second time he quit. Uh, Ring of Honor. He went back to WWE. Left. It was more of a Hall of Fame thing. Because he was inducting the Rock and Roll Express. And NWA. Wow. So, I mean, this is like... This one kind of surprised me. Because the TNA Wrestling one, the Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling, whatever they call it now. It's like the walking dead of wrestling promotions. Um, He quit. (laughs) It was the same way he quit... Um, WWE. It wasn't. He really didn't quit. He just went to OVW, which is their training uh, training facility. They train wrestlers to prepare them for the show. Um, which they now have NXT, which they made into a third brand, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> In my opinion, I know a lot of people love the uh, the NXT AEW 
TV Mon- uh, Wednesday uh, Wednesday Night War. Wednesday Night War. Even though I grew up in the Monday Night Raw War area. Monday Night Raw against um, Monday Night Nitro. Or so Raw is War against Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> what it is, but for me, it just it doesn't surprise me. It it it, it surprises me in a way. I have to defend Cornette. Because I know a lot of people are so politically correct. But mind you, he's a guy who's a Southerner. I'm not defending his, like, you know, he's from, you know, the South, and that's how they... I mean, mind you, he said the same damn joke back in the 90s of WWF. Somebody found a video of him saying the same damn joke. And they got offended about it. I mean, Jim Cornette is... Honestly, even though he doesn't view himself as it, he is a comedian. He tells funny shit. Like, he cussed out John Laurinaitis on the phone by saying, Thank you, fuck you, bye. And <laughs> which, to me, to, to, still to this day, it is the funniest statement. I want to say that statement to somebody who ever gets mad at who I get mad at on the phone. So he he in a way is a color commentator, which is a you know sarcastic comedian who kind of leans heelish. That's kind of who he is on commentary. It's it, it you know I know there's some people who are going to. Say like Cornette should have never said it. Yeah, he should have never said it. But you got to realize he is a fucking old dude from back in the day of wrestling. They didn't give a shit what they said. Ric Flair said the you know not Ric Flair but Michael Hayes, who I am not gonna try to like make you make accusations, but Michael Hayes said the N word to Mark Henry, and everyone knows who Mark Henry is. He's the world's strongest man. He will fuck you up on sight. And he said the N word to Mark Henry. Because he was drunk. I mean, it's not like Jim Cornette dropped the N word, even though there's some video of him saying the N word because he got mad at somebody. Shit happens, unfortunately, and some people say really stupid things. He didn't say the N-word live, and he didn't say the joke as sort of a insulting way of Ethiopia and you know fried chicken. He just said it, and shit happens. Now, do I think they should have fired him for it? No. I think they should have had him say, like, Jim, you said something. A lot of people are very pissed and angry about what you said. You need to apologize for what you said. I mean, look what they did to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan dropped the N-word, which he didn't even know he was being recorded. And Gawker released it of him saying the N-word because he got mad because his daughter is sleeping with a record producer who's a, you know, a black man. And Hogan got pissed because he put all his money and everything he had into his 
talentless hooker of a daughter to be the next Britney Spears. And let's be honest, she doesn't even look like Britney Spears. She can't sing like Britney Spears. And she sure as hell can't dance like Britney Spears. And he ends up doing a stupid-ass show, reality show, and his son's a (laughs) fuck-up. I know know Hogan probably loves his kid, but his kid is a fuck-up. Both of them. And his daughter, you know, cut ties with him, I take it, because he's like, you know, I put all my money and everything I earn breaking my back, literally injuring my back, and you can't even do anything correctly in life. I understand Hogan's, you know, point of view, and I don't agree with him dropping the N-word. But everybody crucified this poor man over a leak video that somebody released without his knowing. And that's what happened. Now, I think Jim Cornette, honestly, didn't deserve to be fired, ousted, attacked for saying a stupid joke. I mean, let's be honest. If they ever look back in the day in wrestling, I know there's going to be some people who are wrestling fans. Jerry Lawler said a lot of shit that would not fly today. I mean, for God's sakes, the man makes the man made a, made a racist joke on Monday Night Raw and he still has a job. I think he like made a joke about Mexican beans or something like the or something. I forget what the fuck Lawler said. I gotta find what he said. Now I'm I'm defending Jim Cornette. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm just gonna type in Jerry Lawler bad jokes. And now this isn't a dig at Jerry Lawler. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I gotta find it on Twitter. Mostly people about it on like Twitter. If you go on Google, they don't you find shit on Google. Uh, boy. So anyway, like he like one time made a controversial Nia Jax joke, and like he like Jerry Lawler back in the day, you know. He's he if you ever watch a lot of Monday Night Raw. Back in the day, like the Attitude Era in the ninety, you know, early nineties, late nineties, Attitude Era, you know, basically the Attitude Era, the late nineties, early two thousands. He he said some things like you can't even you can't even believe. Hmm. 
I'm trying to find it, so bear with me. Oh, here it is. Um, a lot of people got mad because of what he said you know, about. So they've, so they had a black, the black dude get beat up so they can have two announcers. I knew he wasn't going to last long. Can't take Jerry Lawler and his corny ass jokes anymore. <laughs> All right, here's one. Uh, damn, this is seriously people. It's a, it was a joke. Pull the B, uh, PC stick out of your asses. Jim Cornette uses analog. Uh, Angela, uh, sorry, he uses some sort of joke. It's old, like they did back in the old Southern wrestling promotions. People, I wonder how people today would flip out if Eddie Gilbert was trying to run over Jerry Lawler. Imagine these people during the Attitude Era when Jerry Lawler used to make. Used to make his jokes, lol. I agree with this person. Comedy and wrestling is officially over. I hope these people never heard Jerry Lawler in his prime. Their fragile, uh, fragile minds would be shattered. It's true because, like back in the day, he would make they would call sexist jokes, like he referred to women's breasts as puppies. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he did it. I'm talking about Jerry Lawler. So, um, like a lot of like like a lot of the stuff I I remember watching as I remember watching as a kid, and like my mind would just be like mush. Like what the? Because <laughs> I was more excited about seeing guys like The Rock insult people. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> And The Rock would, you know, say like he's going to whip somebody's candy ass and take them to, you know, have them check their, you know. I remember one time he said to the big show, which was pretty damn funny. The Rock once said to the big show in a promo, I'm gonna, you're going to check your big fat ass into the Smackdown Hotel. I didn't even know what the hell that meant. But it was like the best insult I have ever heard. The Rock is awesome. Like, it's amazing how he went from like being on Monday Night Raw. Like it, like I know some people today are like, I can't wait to see The Rock in every movie. And it's like back in the day, it was like so awesome because he was like on Monday Night Raw every single. Monday. He was on SmackDown every Thursday. And I remember, like, he was on 
SmackDown when it premiered on uh, Fox. And watching the, watching him on there, he just looked like he did not want to be there. He just looked like, why am I here? <laughs> why am I on this show? <laughs> it was funny, like, watching it. Because he was just like, I don't want to be here. Which you really couldn't blame him, because he had to be in the ring with um, Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch, who I find both irritatingly annoying. So, it was just one of those things. I'm going to play a clip of Jim Cornette. I'm going to get back to the Jim Cornette thing. And I'm going to play a joke. Some people might not find it amusing. I will find it hilarious. And this is what he thinks of white rappers. Now, you listen to this. And you tell me this is not a comedy joke, or is this really a man who's really saying what he thinks? I kind of lean in the bolt. I kind of lay in the. I'm kind of in the middle. I think it's both a joke, and I think it's really how he f- truly feels about white rappers, people <laughs> rapping. So this is Jim Cornette, and mind you, uh, I found out one thing that's pretty interesting. A lot of things from the U.S. are banned in China. For example, my podcast is banned in China. Batman Batman is not, I think, not well liked in China. Kind of interesting fact. But anyway, this is Jim Cornette's opinion on white rappers. Take a listen. I despise rap. I think life is too short to have to listen to that fucking horse shit. And I especially hate white rappers. And this ain't being a racist, but goddamn, I don't act Chinese or Mexican or fucking Filipino or whatever. These goddamn schizophrenic pants that are too long to be short and too short to be long. And this fucking backwards baseball cap and I want to just slap these motherfuckers. They should be thrown screaming from helicopters in front of their fucking families. (laughs) So this is Jim Cornette. (laughs) Talking about rappers, rap music. So, <laughs> I like what this one person wrote Jim Cornette's talk interview with an epic diss on white rappers. I, <laughs> I, I agree with him, unfortunately. I am not the biggest rap music fan. I mean, I do play rap music. One time on the uh, on the show, but I I honestly think that he is a comedian, even though he he probably doesn't view himself as a comedian. But if you ever watch him in person when he talks, in the way he says things, he comes off as a comedian to me. He comes off as a funny man even though some people might not find him amusing anymore. But, fuck him. 
He is funny to me. I find Jim Cornette really, and you know, not only funny but very insightful. He's been around the wrestling business since I think the sixties and seventies. I, I think since the sixties and seventies. But he is very insightful about the business. Even though a lot of people say like. A man like him, he's an old man. He shouldn't be in the business. I think the 70s. He was born in 60, 61. So he's 58. So he's, yeah, he's been in the wrestling business since, wow, 1980. Since 1980, and he retired as a manager in 2017. Oh, he was in Major League Wrestling. I totally forgot about that one. But, anyway. He is a very insightful man. He's a very intelligent person in wrestling. And he's one of those people I always view as like one of the last great individuals that one day they're gone, the next day you will realize, man, we needed that guy around. So, I think that NWA wrestling. As much as I, I, I'm a big fan of Billy Corgan and a fan of the Smashing Pumpkins, I, I feel like what he did was kind of, kind of, an overreaction, a serious overreaction by individuals who feel like that felt like they got insulted. They got personally insulted like they went Colin Kaepernick on this (laughs) so in my opinion I think James E. Cornette Jim Cornette should honestly in my opinion be doing commentary still for NWA I mean suspend him for one day a couple days from taping shows or they're live I don't know but honestly, honestly, it was it was an overreaction in my opinion. So, anyway, let's get to the uh, comic books, shall we? <laughs> so, there's been a lot of news going on in DC Comics. Um, Alan Moore spoke recently. He did a he did an uh, interview referring to the superhero culture as embarrassing. Alan Moore is Alan Moore is one of my favorite you know writers. I really enjoy. I know a lot of people love Killing Joke, even though I don't really view Killing Joke as one of my favorite Alan Moore stories, but I love Watchmen. I think Watchmen is a great comic for this time, even though the show is not that good, in my opinion. But if you ever look at a photo of Alan Moore, <laughs> he's kind of scary. <laughs> I... Um, so he did an interview where he was asked about the 
superhero culture. He referred to it as embarrassing and not a little worrying. <laughs> so this is a um, oh, this is a commentary back in 2017 interview with the Brazilian newspaper Fala da Soa Palo. I guess what it's called. And the full details were not released until now by BBC reported. Uh, Moore made a commentary towards the entertainment about comic books. Um, as one person referred to him. The comments went viral Monday being tweeted by the Beats Entertainment editor Kyle Pinion. Who captioned Alan Moore never one never won to mince words. H D H B D Uncle Alan. Uh, in this unearth Moore declared the impact of the superhero culture. Uh, super, the impact of the superheroes and the popular culture as tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. He added, while superhero flicks were perfectly suited in 2012, uh, to 12 to 13-year-old audiences, mass market comic books are abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on their childhood. So I guess he's kind of like saying like comic books are, you know, people are too old <laughs> to see comics. But this is the man who wrote a graphic novel for adults. So I guess his point are, I guess his points are like comic books are not made for mature audiences or more made for 12 to 13 year olds. I guess the man's never seen The Dark Knight, I guess. I, I Or Dark Knight Rises, or Batman Begins, or Dawn of Justice, or Man of Steel. Hell, even Suicide Squad. I mean, I would feel bad taking a kid to see Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> However, modern-day superhero cultures does have more simple, simply produced development delays on the Superman children, according to Moore. He goes so far as to say that most superheroes are white supremacist dreams, oh my god, of the master race. Oh, what, you know, um, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> what, what is this? I mean, I shouldn't say anything insulting because, you know, he practices witchcraft, so he might put a spell on me. I don't know. But I don't know what the fuck is going through his mind. Besides some of the stuff he probably breathed in making, you know, a a potion spell. I don't know. <laughs> but this is the same man. I... I know that some people are like, well, you defended Jim Cornette. Well, I am not going to defend, defend Alan Moore. This is the same man who, mind you, mind you, I will, let me find some of the stuff that Alan Moore 
wrote. And a lot of the stuff that he wrote before he retired from comic books are some weird shit, like some up to Stephen King on cocaine type weird shit. Let me find it. He wrote this comic, this graphic novel called Lost Girls. And his comic, in the U.S. and Canada, many retailers have stated they will not stock this book on their shelves due to the possibility of obscenity. In Canada's Border Service Agency, they essentially seized copies of the book, citing that they will not put them on shelves due to obscenities. The top shelf ceased import from the UK, however, appealed to the appeal that was made to the agency by the publisher. The reason they did not put this on there was controversy, controversy about child sexuality. He made this book. He made this book. And this book is very disturbing. It involves the three uh, characters from The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, and Alice. Where each of these, ki- uh, each of these characters, it's basically... They have, it's basically about erotic adventures. Like the character Alice is involved in drug-fueled lesbian sex parties. Dorothy, of course, involving, you know, being involved with three farmhands known as the Straw Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Tin Man. So Alan Moore wrote this weird fucking novel. This weird fucking graphic novel. And yet this man is like, Criticizing people for liking comics. Saying they're white supremacists. But yet, he he wrote a book that got banned. Because a lot of people are like, this is some weird fucked up shit that he's writing. So I don't know what the fuck this man is saying. And he even remarks that D.W. Griffin's racially charged The Birth of a Nation... Could as well have been the very first superhero movie. <sighs> I sometimes wonder if Alan Moore does a lot of drugs. I, I just I wonder in his mind in his mind is he going comp- 
completely batshit crazy. He's crazy. He is crazy. <laughs> he is... This man is, like, insane. And the thing is, a lot of people don't want to work with him because he could be an insufferable asshole to people. Like, he views, like, you know, he doesn't want his name on anything because nobody wanted to produce his screenplay called The Sexy Beast, which I don't even know what the fuck that one's about. And... People approached him to like, hey, can you write? You want to watch? You want to write the script to Watchmen? He he, he said no. <laughs> he wants to reserve the right to complain about something. He wants to complain about something. Like he got mad one time at Frank Miller, who's one of my favorites. When Frank Miller criticized the occupied Wall Street, where he said like people you know, shouldn't camp out. and Like, he got mad because Miller criticized Occupy Wall Street by referring to them as lazy. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, let's see, more. My neighbors are fighting, by the way. Some call Moore has been become a such a promiscuous gr- uh, grump. One critic. <clears throat> Another point out the hypocrisy of a man criticizing superhero culture. After making a fortune off of writing comic books, they suggest that he suggests he do something more instead of punching down the readers. I mean Alan Alan Moore is just he's going after the fans and the readers who read the comics. Martin Sorsese more went at how filmmakers aren't making comic book movies more cinema-like. And how comic book movies have really taken over the box off. You know, taking over the uh, theaters. That a lot of people don't have more options to go see other films. Which... Sure says he has a point because if you think about it, Marvel has pumped out a lot of movies, more move more than one movie in a year. When you look at films like DC, even though a lot of people are like DC hasn't released much, it's like you know I, it's I find it more refreshing that DC releases one movie a year. For example, for example, Joker. Joker is the most talked about movie. This year, more talked about than uh, Avengers Endgame. You know, and so it's more like Alan Moore is going after people who are mature adults reading comics. So, and the thing is, a lot of people have a, you know, I agree with some people, the hypocrisy of this man who wrote comics is criticizing the medium that made him money to buy his spells and whatever stuff to create. <laughs> so, I, I honestly don't know what Alan Moore has done. So, I know he's retired from uh, writing comics because he must have read a novel. I think he wrote like 
a novel called Jerusalem. I'd never read it, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I wouldn't read it because the book is 1,266 pages. Holy shit. So, anyway. There's been talks of Joker 2 happening. The Joker sequel is in the works. Um, after the huge, I guess, the big success in theaters the Joker had. They're doing a sequel. I know there's some people who are excited, like... For the Joker, I'm one of them. <laughs> I, I think um, I would believe it more if they do the sequel when you hear from like Joaquin Phoenix and I mean I know Todd Phillips talked about the Joker and it's happening. I, I will believe it when when. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix confirms it. Yeah. Uh, what do I want to see in the Joker sequel? I, for me, I want to see. What I want to see in the Joker sequel is the continuation from the first film. Of course, I, I don't want to see it like jump years later when you have an angry, pissed off Bruce Wayne becoming Batman going after Joker, because it wouldn't really be a Joker film, it would be more of a Batman film. I I still want to see Bruce Wayne as this kid. It's, instead of him being in Gotham, he moved out of Gotham because what happened? Alfred takes him out of Gotham and, you know. I kind of want to see the Joker go after... I w- I'd rather see the Joker go to war with Two-Face and other mobsters. Like, I want to see the Joker continue his journey. Like, he's going against the corrupt, so the next target is the mob and corrupt political characters, such as, like, Harvey Dent. He views as a uh, corrupt district attorney, and a lot of people view him as this great honorable man, but it's kind of revealed that there is another side. Another side to Harvey. Like this dark side to him, that he is really a shady person. I I want to see that. I know a lot of people are like, I want to see a Two-Face solo movie, but it's like, I don't view it as, I don't view Two-Face film being really a solo film. I kind of view it like I'd rather see him right next to Joker and the Joker 2. If there is a DC character, a Batman rogue villain that kind of deserves a solo film to tell his story is really Mr. Freeze. Is what I want to see. I want to see Mr. Freeze, the Heart of Ice story. I know there's talks about uh, Ryan Gosling doing Lex Luthor film. I don't I don't know how that'd work. But, I mean, for me, I'd rather see, like, a General Zod film. Like, Zod going to war 
with something and I just heard my cat and she just fell into the trash can. <laughs> She's fine. She'll get, she like she did it before today. She jumped into the trash can when I put a new bag in there and she jumped out of the trash can. Like Yeah, he is yeah, I totally agree that Two Face is really not a second person, but he's never really a number the number one person. So I for me I'd like to see like I mean with Dark Knight they sort of covered like who is Harvey Dent the person, like I would love to see like Two Face's story be told like it's still set in the crazy riots that everyone saw. Like, spoiler alert. The crazy riots that happened at the end of Joker. And Harvey Dent is being cornered by a group of people. Instead of them burning his face, instead, like, they call, you know, they say, like, you're a two-faced. So they, like, beat his face in, like, his, like, left side of his face, like, scar it up and beat it down, like, and there's, like, no way they could fix it. I don't know. I I guess they could incorporate acid into it. Or they could just burn his face. I would go with the second. Yeah, they would burn his face. And he, you know, has, like, this side of him, like, he goes in hiding. And the mob bosses are, like, terrified how Joker becomes a symbol of the people that they preyed on. The people that they went at. And all of a sudden they are in fear of everything coming at them. So they go to Harvey Dent and Harvey Dent, you know. Like at the ending, like they hinted at like Joker is walking and there's bloody footprints of him. Like and it's like revealed that they tried to kill him, but he ends up killing the person they sent in, like stuff. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but for me, I I, I rather see. I rather see. Um, you know, I'd rather see a uh, two face joke, two face and a Joker two film. Yeah. So they recently announced Jay Burchella, the actor. He looks familiar. I don't know where the fuck I've seen him in a film. Um, the actor, director, writer. Oh, he was the dude in How How to Train Your Dragon in the show in the series. And this is the end. Self-proclaimed comic book nerd has now made the leap to only what only dream dream of. This Friday, Burchella will be joining DC Comics Universe to help write. Helped to write the starting with Batgirl and Nightwing. For those who don't know, Burchella was primarily for his on-screen roles. Assistant uh, assignment may be surprised to come after he was dangerously dangerously close to playing in the film George Miller's Justice League Mortal as Maxwell Lord. Uh. 
Oh, uh, he will be the next one. He will be writing is a story of Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon and the DC's coming crime of passion anthology, which will be released Valentine's Day, twenty twenty. Hmm. I don't like the cover though. Crime of passion, in my opinion. I guess that they're working on to push uh, Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon as a. I guess it's going. I guess that's what it's going to be. I guess they're pushing for the classic Nightwing Batgirl romance. I guess that's what they're pushing for now. I, I kind of want to see it that way. Like I, I've always liked the Nightwing. Batgirl romance. I never... I'm not the biggest Nightwing, Starfire. Not in the Titans. I like Starfire and Titans. I, I, I think they finally got a personality. I don't I don't know what it is. Like I, I kind of want to do a review of Titans because I felt like Season 2, as much as I enjoy it, I feel like it's a, put, it's a step backwards instead of a step forwards for a show. Um... I feel like there's too many characters in Titans. I feel like um, Hawk and Dove and uh, Donna Troy really don't bring anything to the show. I feel like Donna Troy and Hawk and Dove are just basically there to fucking complain. (laughs) I feel like that's what they're made made to be on that show. Like, I feel like they never contribute anything to the show or to the story. Like Donna Troy, the only thing she's upset about with Slade Wilson is that he killed Aqualad and Hawk and Dove are just there because who the fuck knows why they're there to be quite honest with you. They're just there. They're just basic background character bitches. (laughs) They're just there. To be in the background. If any... Like, I... Like... The the whole point Hawk is there is in case... Jason Todd... Or Dick Grayson fuck up. He's there just to bitch... Complain... And criticize... For them. You know, at least they're doing something. At least they're taking... At least Dick Grayson's taking action... For the things he's done. What is... Like, Hawk is just there to be like... Oh, see, I told you all. He just... He's a fuck up. He's like one of those family members... That is hoping for you to, like, fail. So they will rub it in your face that you failed. And even though they don't want to hold up the mirror... And look how much of a fuck up they are. They just want to... See you fail and complain. That's how Hawk is. Hawk is like... The bitchy relative that you just want to knock the fuck out. <laughs> and that's the whole point. Like, and the whole point of them going, like, they leave the Titans Tower to be together, and Hawk goes, I, I think we need to split up. And he just takes the fuck off and just leaves Dove there at the house. Because he has his own f- issues. 
I guess they're going to meet in an octagon to fight because it's like one image they show. So, <laughs> I, I I hope in a way, I, I you know if I was Slade Wilson, hypothetically, and I saw these two, I'd be like, I killed the wrong person. <laughs> I killed the wrong person. In fact, I killed the wrong two people. I killed Aqualad, and I killed Jericho. And spoiler: Jericho's not dead. If I was him, I would just been like, you know, I I shot the wrong bullet, the wrong uh, wrong people. <laughs> it's just, it's just somewhere. If if I was him, I'd be like, I killed the wrong Titan. I should have went after the other two, the two birds. <laughs> not not Robin, the other one, Hawk and Dove. <laughs> so. I, I just I feel like that's what Hawk is there for, and Dove really doesn't bring any to the table, anything to the table. She tries to be, she tries to be the mom of the group. She tries to be the mother figure, and she's terrible at it. She is terrible at it. Like, and it's like you you look at this and you're like, you look at this and you're like, no wonder. Titans split as a group because none of them bring nothing to the table. Donna Troy is just complaining. And like the one point where, you know, I, I forget which one it was. I think it was Starfire. She goes like, Bruce Wayne just mansplained us something. It's like, no. He's just telling you people, tighten a couple of screws in your dome pieces because none of you are bringing shit to this fight. You're all just there moping around. I love how he just grabbed a donut and left the diner. <laughs> After just telling them, get your shit together and get fixing stuff. And afterwards, you know, Raven's like, you know, Dick Grayson's in, in prison. We need to get him out of there. Something is wrong with him. And Donna Troy's only like, we need to go back to Garfield. That's what we need to do. It's like, who the fuck made you the leader? Who made you the leader of the Titans? It's like the reason why Garfield is the way he is in the show now after um, Star Labs. I think it was Star Labs. I think I forget Cadmus or something. I forget something. Lex Lex Luthor owns. You know, fucked up his mind, and you know they captured Connor and Crypto. The reason that shit happened is because all y'all left after Dick Grayson said like. I had I accident I am I felt like I killed Jericho and and instead of like comforting him and being like you know being a team they all throw up their hands and throw a bitch fit and leave the tower is what they did. The reason why Garfield is fucked up in the head is because of them. That's what happened. They all listened to Hawk with his whole hoopla, Dick Grayson fucked up shit and left. <laughs> Lex Corp, sorry, Lex Corp. I'm I'm used to like Cadmus, <laughs> like that's where I I always of course that's Young Justice, and Star Labs of course the Flash, but I I thought it was Cadmus, but it's Lex Corp. I was by the way I was watching tight uh, Young Justice today, so <laughs> like catching up, like old episodes and stuff. Anyway. <laughs>
So <laughs> that's my rant for like this. It, the second season's not bad. It's just if I feel like it's more of a step backwards and a step forwards. I, I felt like some of the episodes are like a step backwards, and I, I always I I feel like there's like too many characters in the show. Like I miss like the regular four. It was like the four Titans, like, and I I enjoy like including like uh, Jason Todd. Um, I forget what her name is. Slade Wilson's daughter. <laughs> I, I enjoy like, you know, them bringing in like, um, how did I get the Titanic too? It's supposed to be Titans too. <laughs> I I did see Titans. Uh, Rose, yeah, Rose. Sorry, like. Rose, my mind's like kind of like. Pfft. So, <laughs> I enjoy them bringing in like Jason Todd, Rose, uh, Superboy, and Crypto. But I, I feel like the other, I feel like the other three characters, Hawk, Dove, and Wonder Girl, they bring nothing to the table. I just, I feel like they bring nothing at all to the table. Like I would have rather see Aqualad alive. In the show, and I love that episode with Aqualad. I, I felt like that was something they needed. They needed to, they needed to have a character with a, you know humor, a bit of a humor, you know, sense of humor to him. Like I always felt like Beast Boy should be like Beast Boy in the cartoon or in the comics. He has like a funny humor to him, like and stuff. I, I felt like the whole. Going back to, like, we need someone who has to be on the computers and knows what they're doing on the computers. That could have been, like, you could have brought in Barbara Gordon for that. Have Oracle. In the show. You needed someone on computers? Shit, we know someone. Bring in Oracle. <laughs> like, that's what they could have brought in. Like, they, they arrive at the tower. And all of a sudden you hear someone coming out... In a wheelchair as Oracle. And she would just say, Long time no seed. <laughs> to Dick Grayson. And that could have been like, that would have been a great moment for the show. Is to have a name, big name character arrive. Barbara Gordon, Oracle. That that's what they could have brought into the show. Like I would have loved to have seen that moment in the show. Like don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see Dick Grayson and you know Jason Todd and Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne Batman. But I always felt like Barbara Gordon should be in the show, my opinion. But hopefully, season three they'll bring her in. I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, the last episode this season will be, the this season, uh, will be November 29th. Uh, let's see, the next, uh, let's see, that episode came out, so. Episode 12 is called, uh, called Fox Hawk. Eh, 
my opinion, be called Fuck Hawk. Let him die. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have let's see the next question. Oh, this question: Have you seen Doom Patrol? Doom Patrol. I I've watched like shit. I I think I watched like five episodes of it, and I just sort of like dropped out like of it. I I, I think it was like they they did like fifteen episodes, and I watched like five episodes, and I kind of like tuned out. The last one they did was, what was it? It was the one they go into like this retreat, and it's like, um, what was it like? It was like a plastic surgery retreat or something. I forget what the hell it was. I I just I sort of watched it. And I like tuned out. Like I really just sort of like lost interest in it. And I finally, like, I, I watched, like, the final episode of what happened, and, you know, it wasn't bad, like, it just wasn't, like, like, I enjoy that they have, like, Brendan Fraser in it, like, and Timothy Dalton, and, and it, uh, I like the guy who played Victor Stone, uh, Victor Stone, like, Vic Stone, uh, Cyborg. And the show, I thought he did a great job. I, you know, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad show. I, I thought it was really good, but I'd rather see, I, I, I like to see Cyborg and Titans have him Beast Boy meet. <laughs> like, that is like the one thing I always want to see, in a live action, you know, perform, a live action adaptation, Cyborg and Beast Boy you know, hanging out, talking. Like, that would have been a great cameo. Like, <laughs> have Cyborg chat with uh, Beast Boy. Or have a funny moment where, in a video game where Beast Boy is like, like, I play this video game, man, this online game, and I keep getting killed in this game by a guy called Cyborg. <laughs> like, that would have been... And the funny thing is, like, and he goes, like, every time I lose, he says, booyah. What does that even mean? Like, that would have been a funny, you know, a funny cameo or reference, more like a reference to Cyborg by by Beast Boy. Like, I felt like they should have done that, but they didn't do it. Like, I just, it just, it just bugs me like that. It just bugs me. Uh, let's see, the next uh, DC Universe show is going to be Harley Quinn, and early 2020 is Stargirl. I do not know what to think. <laughs> Jeff Johns is Jeff Johns's baby. This is his show that he, I guess, has been working on for a long time now. He... I guess that explains why uh, Doomsday Clock's been pushed back, and that's why we have not heard a word about Batman Earth 1 Volume 3 for, I guess, going on, uh, let's see, a couple years now? Like, the last time we heard about it was the artist posted, like, we are doing Batman Earth 1, and 
yeah, we have not heard uh, about Batman Earth 1 Volume 3 since 2015. Like, we have not... <laughs> we haven't heard a word about it. Yeah, I... The one thing I wanted to do in this show was talk about the DC Earth 1 stuff. I... I really wanted to talk about how they sort of dropped the ball. I, I, I felt like DC's dropped the ball on a lot of stuff. Like, you know, like they used, like, they should use Justice League movie as sort of like this tale of what could have been, but but didn't. You know, what could have been, you know, what should have been. <laughs> Because, you know, I always feel like Justice League was like this big movie that they were going to do and just, they going to make it. It became like the story of the the boulder. You, know, you push it up the hill, you push, you push, you push, and the boulder just rolls backwards and crushes you and you have to go back down, push the boulder back up. And that's how Justice League sort of became they became this giant boulder and stuff and earth one was like this one concept that i really liked i really liked especially batman like green lantern i heard a lot of people say like it's a really good green lantern's a good earth one green lantern's a really good story check it out they were gonna do like the flash they were gonna do aquaman and they never got to it. Like J. Michael Krasin- J. Michael Krasinski was going to write the Flash. He wrote the first three volumes of Superman, and that was it. Jeff Johns took over, wrote the first two volumes of Batman, then announced we're going to do Batman Volume Three for Earth One. Never happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened with that one, but like the last time I ever did a uh, last time it was ever referenced was the artist said in 2017 we're doing Earth One Volume Three. It's going to happen, and they did like a release of the artwork where it's like Bruce Wayne buses through a brick wall with a hammer, and I think that was it. So, it just kind of sucks. Like, they did, like, Wonder Woman, which Grant Morrison did. (laughs) Which didn't really turn out that good. I never read it, so. And they did Titans. I, I heard Titans is pretty good as well. I, again, never gotten around to reading it. So, and now they got, like, the DC Black Label. With, um, of course, being Batman damned. <laughs> Which, I I know they released like, the full novel of it. The, they released like, the, the complete novel to it. and They never, 
I, I don't know what happened to it. Like, yeah. So, that story, I mean, that one we covered on the podcast. We talked about how, again, <laughs> she jumped in the trash can. <laughs> my my cat is like the, um, what was it, that Sesame Street character? Remember the the character that, like, it's not the Cookie Monster. It was um... no wait. No. Oh, she's in the no. She's in a box. <laughs> she reminds me of that character. Remember that Sesame Street character, the one who, the green guy who's like in the trash can stuff. Uh, I forget. So anyway, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We went past seventy minutes. Wow. You uh, for those who don't know, like who's joined uh anytime we do the 70 uh, 70 minute mark we take a quick break and we come back and we talk about other stuff i want to talk i i know somebody told me about this one video i have to like check out and see so anyway we're gonna find something um I guess we'll play this one. So, anyway, we'll be right back after the quick break and we'll be back. So, let's play this song. Your life. 
So, <clears throat> we're back. I feel a lot better, though. So, one thing that kind of fascinates me Uh, one thing that I one thing I've been watching lately is Six Flags videos cause there's nothing on TV like they went like today so like today they played like I am not making this up they made this entire impeachment hearing and I'm not gonna get political cause I don't feel like it <laughs> I I really don't feel like being political anymore love you more I don't feel like talking about politics but damn they played like this entire impeachment hearing I think they wrapped up right now I don't know let me check I they went from like 9 a.m. like to um, they went from like I, th I think they they finally wrapped up. They wrapped up an hour ago. I guess they wrapped up. But they went from like 9 a.m. to like fucking 3.37 here. But they, I mean, they're like an hour ahead of us, but they were like, they went like fucking all day. Same questions, different paragraph, different, same questions, different uh, way presented to the person being questioned. So it, it, it's just like, it, they just went all fucking day questioning this guy and it's a waste of time I I, I know he sound like a a jerk but it's just it was like you question this guy from like last night to early this morning like went right at this guy like so it, it was just it's stupid it's dumb It's like, move on to the next people you're questioning, I guess. I don't know, but... I know a lot of... It's really weird, though, like, celebrities in Hollywood have, like, tuned in for this, and they're, like, one to give their opinion to it. I burped, by the way. <laughs> but... One thing I found... That, like, that cheered. The one thing I found that kind of entertained me, like, I watched like, a lot, lot of YouTube videos. I watched, like, this documentary about Ben Franklin and the occult. And I watched, I changed it to, like, uh, watching one of my favorite YouTubers, Savage Mister, going through Six Flags. I got a cold, by the way. <laughs> And I found, somehow I stumbled onto this, this wonderful gem of a video, gem, I 
like a gold gym, like a, not a gold gym, but a diamond videos, like, you know, like the gyms that they always find, like, that's, you know, kids had back in the day. Look at my gold, you know, like that. Look at my red gym, my blue gym, like all these crazy things. But anyway, I found this diamond video. Diamonds in the rough. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage's Slim Jim commercials. I found this video. <laughs> and I just was like, I remember some of these videos, but... I, when I found him, I was just like, oh my god, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, <clears throat> you know, Macho Man's legendary. Gotta hear beef, gotta hear spice, need a little excitement. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh yeah! I love it. <laughs> Who doesn't love Randy Savage? I, I swear to you, if you play these videos, you play these commercials on TV, people will be like, I gotta stop, I gotta watch this. You know, like, Randy Savage is a national treasure. Like, he should have his own statue in Washington, D.C. You know. I mean, <laughs> and... And the funny thing about it, most people probably didn't know, is that he was in the original Spider-Man film, the first Spider-Man Tobey Maguire film. He played Bonesaw McGraw, the wrestler that Spider-Man wrestled and stuff. People didn't know that. This man hurt his fucking neck in that movie and continued the scene. Like, he... I forget what happened. Like, he hurt his neck... He landed, like, wrong way, and he hurt his neck. And they continued it. Like, he did not want to stop to get medical attention. He was like, we are doing this movie, man. We are doing this movie. But, yeah. I can't do the Macho Man impression, but... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... It was just... It's, it's a fun fact. But I, I love these commercials. Like, when I found them, I was just like, this is so awesome. Because I remember when they did the Slim Jim Halloween Havoc. Like, I remember that. Because, like, back in the day, like, they had, like, I think, turnbuckle covers with, like, Slim Jims. <laughs> and I think they, afterwards, went to, like, Snickers Halloween Havoc. <laughs> Fun fact. But I'm so happy to bring back, like, Bash at the Beach on uh, AEW. I miss Halloween Havoc. I'm surprised nobody's never brought back Halloween Havoc. Like, they do the Hell in a Cell, but they, you know, they... Halloween Havoc was, like, so awesome, because it's, like... Back in the day, like, when they had it, it was, like, one of my favorite pay-per-views, because, like, the set design. Like, it was, like, this gargoyle holding this giant pumpkin, and it says Halloween Havoc. And they had, like, all these tombstones, and it looked like a graveyard, like... Like, the, wrestler, the wrestlers, like, walking out of the graveyard to the ring. Like, it was so awesome to look at. Please like to keep my favorite snack handy. Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I love those commercials, man. That, that that was like those were like the best. Like that was back in the day when commercials were like so entertaining. Like you know, like it was entertaining. Like it was like back in the day. I gotta find the one that's like the best. Like, need a little excitement, snap it to a Slim Jim. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people always look at like Hulk Hogan as like the, you know, The light bulb one. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is like the best one of all time. You have to watch it in video. I'm going to play the audio, but you have to watch it in video. It just sets up. It's like a movie. It just sets up, sets up, sets up. And you hear Randy Savage come in. These are the light bulb ones. The lamps, light bulb. Uh, the ceiling fan, light. <laughs> But anyway, we gotta play this one. That is like the greatest commercial of all time. The greatest commercial ever. This is like the gift that keeps on giving. But anyway. Um, anyway, we're going to wrap up the show a bit early today. We, I know we just came back, but I... Let's see, I... I have a lot to do tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, like, insanity. But I found, oh, what do we have here? We have, we have a music video. Wow. We're going to play something. I, I, I know a lot of people are like, man, we just heard this one like twice before. But when something pops up on the YouTube that catches my eye, we, we have to watch it. Animals of the night. 
Animals of the Night. This is like based on the... They did a music video to the... The book. The novel. The Werewolf, the Librarian, and I. <laughs> I... I, I, I still to this day, I had to buy the book. Even though it was weird though. I was like at half price books. And they are not a sponsor of the show sadly. But Oh man. YouTube Originals is doing The Gift. The, giant, the Journey of Johnny Cash brings the man from... Brings the man out from the behind the legend. Man, they're doing a Johnny Cash documentary. I gotta want to see that one. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at stuff. <laughs> I want to cover this story real quick. And my Google Chrome thing just clicked off. That was just mean. I want to cover this one story. This this insane story that that happened isn't it? Remember the story that I covered of the Hawkman? Does anybody remember that story that I talked about? That the person in Knox County, Missouri said they have spotted a winged creature that looked like Hawkman from the DC Comics, Hawkman Comics.
So, this happened in Illinois, in Rosemont, Illinois, which I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know where. Um, it's on the I-90 in Rosemont. So, back in July 2019, in Rosemont, Illinois, people said they spotted a winged humanoid sighting. The person who wrote the story in a summary of it stated that I've been following investigations at the Chicago Mothman. For about a year and a half, and I've always been skeptical and always thought there was no logical explanation for the for them until I had a sighting myself. It was after reading the latest sightings in Rosemount that I decided to write down the rep- uh, report, write it in, and report mine. I've worked for the company services billboards along the expressway. We've serviced both static boards as well as electric ones. For those who don't know billboards, you can see them on roads and stuff. <laughs> like, there's a lot of billboards. Like, I, I'm not making this up. This is a funny story, and then we'll get back to this one. This one. I was driving uh, from my grandma's house. I always visit because this year she had like have surgery and on her hands, and she had to get a jaw, uh, entire jaw replacement surgery, and she, of course, sadly, during it, she suffered a result of a small stroke from the surgeries. And, and she's better now. She's fully recovered, and she's doing a lot better. She's very... She has more beaten her step and more of a sense of humor <laughs> about things. But she doesn't like going out in public anymore. She just... She's kind of become a bit of a recluse but she's she's still upbeat and funny and now she's like slowly going out more because my grandpa's like come on we gotta get out (laughs) and I'm still like encouraging them to get an RV and just travel just travel through go to Utah something I don't know I'm encouraging them to travel instead of being in the house a lot. You need to get out. You need to go do something. Go see the mountains in Utah again that you wanted to see again. But anyway. So. I was driving home. And I sort of like noticed these billboards. <laughs> and. I am not making this up. I was driving. And I saw this billboard. And I was thinking like. What? There's no way you could put this billboard in this area. And the billboard was to an adult shop. Adult shop. Where they sell adult items that you use behind closed doors. I saw that. I was just like, there's no fucking way... (laughs) They have this. 
in this state. And it's like, there's no no wonder it's in the woods, because Capo would be embarrassed leaving there. And it's more embarrassing that it's in a, uh, in a, uh, small town. Yeah. Those. <laughs> and I'm just like, imagine going to a small town, and you know everybody there. And all of a sudden, you see someone walk out. They're going, "Hey, that's that's Ernie right there. He's he's leaving." Oh, look at him! He's got his head down and he's carrying a paper bag and he's rushing to his car. <laughs> so, I, I I saw that. I did not bring it up to my. I didn't bring it up to my grandparents because one, that'd be awkward, and two, my grandpa would most likely beat me in the head with a Bible. Be like, "What did you see that billboard for?" <laughs> so. Anyway, that's why I had to bring up the billboards stuff like that. That one caught my attention. Stuff I just had to laugh. Uh, the person wrote, you know, uh, "Electron ones popping up all over the place." I was working on a bill. <laughs> I was working on a billboard <laughs> that is alongside the Jane. Uh, Jane Adams Tollway, I-90. It sits behind the MB Bank building in Rosemont, just off of the Evenhouse Avenue. People can buy stuff online. <laughs> I know, right? It just, yeah, it just made me laugh. Like, there's, I mean, I wouldn't buy stuff online, because one, I'd be embarrassed as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would be I would be embarrassed as shit. I'd be like no eye contact with a male person, no eye contact with Amazon delivery. Just drop it off at the porch, we're done. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed as shit if I had to buy that. Would you imagine like you buy that and all of a sudden you're you're on your phone and all of a sudden that those ads like pop up on your phone because <laughs> of Zuckerberg? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would not buy shit on like that online, no. Do no. I'm a good person. <laughs> so the person in the uh reported the article, I was working on replacing some of the lights that shine onto the billboards and about to wrap it up and come down. As I was gathering some tools, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I turned, I saw a large black animal that was coming down towards the nearby the Plains River. At first, I thought it was like a crow, but then I realized that this thing was on, this thing was way too big to be a crow. It was black, and it was, it was black, but the wings were sort of, of shine, shine to them, or sheen to them. And there was, and they're not, uh, well, sorry, they're sheen to them, and we're not as black as the rest of the body. The solid, bl- uh, which was solid black, it flapped at the wings and descend and disappeared behind the tree line. On what I looked like opposite of the river, of the bank of the river, I did not see anything else after that. I came down from the billboard, put my tools away, and left the area. I was a bit of a chicken to decide not to walk towards the trees to see if see if I could find or see something. 
I enjoy re- uh, the person was like I enjoy reading the blogs and investigations all that <sighs> yeah and there's like Google images of what it would look like and where the area and stuff this one's interesting uh, we will read this one tomorrow I will add this to favorites and we'll come back to it um Tomorrow's one, we will be talking about the possibility of a vampire encounter in Seattle. The one thing I always found interesting about these humanoid sightings and stuff, these and stuff, is if you notice, a lot of them that they report are in wooded areas. They are in areas that a lot of people cannot reach or go to alone. If they do, then, you know, they disappear and stuff. And for me, I always find it really intriguing how people are seeing these things and stuff. And the thing that most intrigues me intrigues me is that we have never really discovered more things in this world. I mean, like we like recently, like I I found the most intri- the most fascinating thing, and, and I shared it <laughs> with everybody was they discovered a deer mouse. A deer mouse, which is a deer the size of a mouse. I was like excited for what they found because, like, it was like something new and something interesting and something that you know there's more intrigue in it. And also, how does this thing live? Where 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 were these things at? Are they like a deer or are they like a mouse? Or it was just like the most fascinating thing I ever I ever seen. It's like a new species, uh, not a new species, but a new animal. A species, but a new animal discovered. I mean, it has like the head of the, a head of a deer and a body of a mouse. It's it's fascinating. So. For me, it's just it's it's always interesting and fascinating what they discover. And it's like, do I believe that the possibility of a Bigfoot? I don't know. I mean, I was taught that there's giants in the world, so yeah, there might be a Bigfoot. But you know, I I I believe in a lot of these things, like I, dragons. Of course, I believe in because. In the book of Revelation, there is a dragon. So, there might be more things out there that a lot of us don't know exist. Because a lot of us don't have the time. A lot of us have the time, but a lot of people don't want to put in the time to investigate what's out there in the world. What's out there to see. I mean, I always find it fascinating and really cool to read when they 
discover new things in the Egyptian pyramids and re-examine mummies, corpses, and stuff. And I always always find that cool and fascinating because it's something from the old times that with new technology, we discovered new things about them. So, I do believe there's something out there in the oceans, in the woods, in the sky. <laughs> so, I, I can't wait to see what else there is. So, tomorrow's episode, we will discuss this vampire story and we will discover. I mean, I'll even talk about the vampire caves in Missouri that a lot of people disappeared in, apparently. So, tomorrow's episode will be about that. We'll just talk about vampires, humanoids, mummies, (laughs) something. Uh, Anyway, uh, this is the podcast episode. Wrap up. Uh, if you're if you're interested in like creepy stories, creepy a channel that is basically a podcast show that's basically dedicated to creepy stories, check out the Creepy Club on many podcast platforms. Uh, they're fellow Missourians. Uh, they live in the city. <laughs> I found out they live in the city, and they. They cover a lot of creepy horror stories, UFOs, Bigfoots, true crime stories. Uh, They really cover a lot of subjects. They're very wholesome people. They're very funny. Um, Check them out. They're They're great people to listen to. They talk about... They're not like this gothic, creepy stuff, but they're like normal people like me. (laughs) Who find it fascinating and interesting. Check out creepy club they are really they're really cool they're awesome uh they i I remember they they did a halloween episode which is really good and they did i remember they did like a cemetery tour or they they did a like reenactment of like an 18th century cemetery uh, funeral and i think they talk about it but my favorite story that they covered was the Chris Coleman case, a uh, guy who worked for Joyce Myers Ministry, and I remember back in, I remember as a kid growing up, my parents would drive past Joyce Myers Ministry in Fenton, and it was like a church with like a giant gate and a security guard, like you couldn't get in. You had to be like a member. <laughs> they were creepy. So uh, that that case is really interesting. I remember following it when it happened. It was very terrifying. So check them out, the Creepy Club. They are really they're really good people. They're really fun. Um I'm just saying it as a listener to their show. I'm a subscriber on their Apple Podcast, so check them out. They're they're on, I think they're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh Castbox, many others. I don't think they're on Spreaker, so check them out. They're really cool. So that is the official wrap-up of the show. Uh, We'll do tomorrow's episode. We'll talk about vampires and other stuff. So anyway, 
uh, good, I guess, good night or good morning or wherever you are. <laughs> good evening. Good afternoon. So, I'll see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye.